a signal now for when I'm needed. But when that light hits the sky, it's not just a call. It's a warning. Welcome to your favorite podcast at the intersection of faith and fear, where every week we discuss what scares us in order to find what saves us. This is the fear of God. Speaking to you right now is one of your hosts, Nathan Rouse, and typically with me as fellow co-host Reed Lackey. And guys, he was here, but then he wasn't. <laughs> Maybe he'll be back. In the meantime, <laughs> allow me to welcome you listeners back to a brand new year here at the fear of god for our first series each year we cover films from the previous year's slate of horror releases and 2023 is no different what is different is today we'll not only be covering a 2022 film but i am also joined right now by friend of the fog college professor and professional film critic who hosts the show meet me at the movies He's also vice president of the North Carolina Film Critics Association, which the fear of God is a part of. And he is our own six degrees of Kevin Bacon since he was last <laughs> on the fog to discuss the film Stir of Echoes. Friends and foggers, welcome back to the show. Noel Manning. Noel, thank you for being here, sir. Hey, it's awesome. I uh, really appreciate you inviting me back. That that means evidently I did something right last time. So, uh, so glad to be back. Well, you just did less wrong than the next person we asked. So, you know, <laughs> I'm just one of those on the list. And it's like, OK, well, we haven't had Noel in a while. And right, right, right. Maybe. Yes, so, yeah, we hear he likes. I'll movies. take it. I'll take it. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I, rem well. I remember when I had those dates back in high school. It didn't matter if I was 20th in the list. I would still go out with somebody. So, hey. 
I'll take it. I'll take it. Yes, that is a, a peek behind the curtain for sure. Um, uh, listeners today, Noah will be joining us to share some Oscar thoughts and shed a little light on his role as film critic. And then we will be donning our capes and cowls to discuss the Gotham crime epic directed by Matt Reeves, the Batman. But before we pull our punch, permit me to remind you listeners that here at the fear of God, we explore. We don't explain, except for right now when I explain that you can find not only your hosts and other foggy peers in our fear of God Facebook group, but any and every other fog and fear of God thing imaginable at the fear of God such as how to support us on Patreon, essays, team bios, episode archives, merchandise. What's this? A rat with wings. It's Reed Lackey. Reed. Hi, hey, everybody. Good to see you. Hey, Reed. Everybody put on your Hi. Batman voice. <laughs> it's my Batman voice. You got to sound as tubercular as possible. You just, hey. Yes. Reed, hey. Noah's here. No, Noah's it's here. good to see you, man. How hey. are you? Awesome, dude. Awesome. Good. Good, good, good. We're so happy to have you. Thanks, man. Um, Thanks. We we have a at least a brief moment of business time here, Reed. So we're going to mm. talk about the Oscars a little bit with Noel, but we've got our very own form of the Oscars coming up. Do you want to? Is there any we business do. you want to? talk about here? um so listeners uh as of this recording please uh you should join our facebook group or uh, go to our facebook group um you should go to any of our social places where the link to the second annual foggy awards voting is open now so our patrons uh, did the first round of voting where they whittled down just a myriad of nominated candidates to your top nominees in each of the categories that we had last year. And then we also have a few new ones as well. We kind of split up scares this year because we uh, just did like best scare last time. And now we've got some very specific, you know, some more fear of God, foggy related uh, uh, categories in there. But uh, you're going to need to go and vote quickly. So get as quickly as you can to the uh, any of our social media feeds, and you'll be able to find a ballot where you can vote on the second annual Foggy Awards to find out what's going to be the best picture, what's the best lead performance, the best supporting performance, writing. We included series in it this time. It's fun. The best. Fun. That I write. That's going to be good. I'm excited <laughs> that, for that. That is going to be exciting. Um, Thank you for that Foggy's update, Reed. And also, just Indeed. as a note, we did just actually now have our first ever Happy Hour Horror Hangout. We had a great mm -hmm. time talking about what we've all been watching, brainstorming the future of the fog, and generally just enjoying each other's company. If that sounds like fun to you, be sure to join the Patreon and even just the $5 level to get an invitation to the next Happy Hour Horror Hangout. So about this episode, we are oh, going my. to get to talk about Gotham's favorite son here momentarily. But before we do, we want to welcome uh, uh, Noel formally. Um, Noel, you, uh, we, we have talked a lot and, and you are here as our guest. I want to give you some opportunity to share a little bit with our listeners. So it's Oscar season. And I'm curious for you, is that, uh, in, in the work you do surrounding that, is that an exciting time? Is it an exhausting time? Is it a little bit of both? Like what, tell us a little bit about your participation in that, in that season and what, what, what you do then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is both. Uh, it, it is completely, we'll start with the exhausting aspect of it first, because there is so much triage that you have to do during award season, uh, which kicks off really in October and wraps up in March. I mean, that's yeah. how long award season is. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's in October that you really start getting uh, screeners. You start getting invites to, to, to films. 
Um, honestly, I think it's way too much crammed in, <laughs> to be honest with you, because it's hard to catch everything. And sure. uh, during yeah. award season, that's when they want to release a ton of films that are these uh, artistic achievement type films that are going to appeal to audiences that vote. Um, and uh, that's uh, that's difficult to get all of those in at one time. I really would love to see them spread them out throughout the year. Uh, one of the things that I find interesting is uh, my uh, favorite film of, of 22 and the one that I would that I voted on pretty much during every uh, awards um, show that I was able to when when I was a voting member was everything everywhere all at once. It was just mm-hmm. a fascinating film. And I know we're not going to talk about that today, but that's one that's just stayed on my radar. And it's interesting. It's almost a year has passed since that was released, just like uh, the Batman uh, was a year ago, really, that it was released. And uh, I just find that fascinating that during award season, there's this big push for films that haven't been released yet. Right. For me, the ones that that really have stuck with me and the ones that are on my top list are ones that that were released earlier. And I would love to see them do that. So, So it's exhausting to try to cram everything in that they're wanting you to see. But um, I absolutely love it because uh, it is uh, anyone who is a fan of like the NCAA tournament, you know, March Madness. <laughs> there's all of this lead up and there's all of these you know, films that you, know, you think might be might be there and then they fall off the radar and then it doesn't happen. And it, it really is this build up and uh, awards season, every single awards show, whether it's um, one that's broadcast or whether it's a, a, a critics group. All of those things matter because the studios use that to uh, to really push out the marketing um, for uh, for the next awards uh, celebration. They're like, hey, sure. if you haven't seen this yet, this has already won twenty two awards. So so check it out. So um, that's one of the things I love about it. And, and the Oscars, uh, I'm, I get truly excited every year. I always do. Uh, and when people uh, want to get me to to predict, I I typically uh, like to um, do it two ways. I like to say, okay, here are my predictions, but here's who I would vote for. Um, <laughs> I don't I don't like to just do predictions. I, I, yeah. I just don't like to do that. So um, so when I say here's what I I would vote for if I was an Oscar voter, or here's what I did vote for uh, in other categories, I think that makes it a lot better for people. And and I did that recently. Um, with uh, with WNCW, uh, mm. Thomas, my son, and I were asked to to be a part of that, and that was a heck of a lot of fun to to share that with my son. Well, speak speak to that a little bit for us, because you know, I, I as a peer of yours and and observing some of what you're doing, um, have have noticed naturally that uh, you and Thomas are, are have have kind of a working relationship at this point too, and and I just found that interesting as. Uh, as a dad of now a teenager and and who's developing, uh, however slowly or not, developing an interest in media and culture, and and as I try to figure out how to sharpen that conversation for them, you know, it, it's kind of cool seeing y'all have that kind of dual role for each other. So, how was that a natural evolution? You know, I, I get the feeling it's almost peer at this point than it is, yeah. You know, uh, one over the other. Yeah. It- Growing up, Thomas uh, was exposed to so many things from a film um, film standpoint because 
Uh, I was involved in entertainment journalism and, and involved with film critic groups. And so he got a chance to see a lot of films that uh, other people did not get access to. And I remember even editing uh, films to make them more kid-friendly. Like I remember editing Star Wars, taking out some of the violence, um, hey. some of the harsh language. Um, and, and I say harsh, you know, for sure. like a, a four-year-old, five-year-old. I, I, so I, so he's watching these versions on a bubble iMac that I edited. That's and, funny. Um, so I remember him just being exposed to that early on. Um, and uh, when I used to get screeners as a film critic early on, they were on VHS tape. And wow. uh, Thomas uh, went to school. It was probably kindergarten or first grade. And he was talking about watching uh, Monsters, Inc. at home. And his teacher thought he was lying. And she was like, <laughs> she was like no, no, it's in the theaters. He's like, but no, my dad has, my dad has it. That's at home. funny. No, your dad does not. Yeah. <laughs> so your dad is not special. <laughs> so we had to tell her, yes, he did. Um, so Thomas has always been around it, but it was when Thomas was in high school, um, he started taking classes, uh, some dual enrollment classes at Gardner Webb and uh, took a film uh, criticism class. I got a chance to be uh, his professor. Uh, and it was, oh, it, was wow. it was through that. And the great thing about that is in that class, was also my daughter. Um, and uh, if you remember a guy named Tracy Jessup, his son, Christian Jessup. So all three of those guys were in that particular class. And that was when Thomas's, uh, I think, thirst for film beyond the entertainment level uh, really started to be nurtured. And from that point on, it's, it's just gotten um, deeper and deeper and deeper. And as you, as you alluded to, um, Nathan, yeah, Thomas and I are peers now. Uh, you know, Thomas cool. um, and I co-host a show together on Meet Me at the Movies on C19 TV, and we've been doing that together. I've been doing it for quite a while, but invited him to join me a few years ago, and he's been a constant on that. And I've even let him host it by himself uh, when I couldn't be on there uh, one week. And um, I get a chance to do a lot of interviews with filmmakers, and I've been able to um, – break Thomas into that as well. And so there are times now that I will uh, get pitched an interview and I may not be able to do it for one reason or another. And I'll ask Thomas, would you like to do it? And the most recent uh, was his first MCU interview. Uh, he interviewed Catherine Newton, who uh, oh, wow. plays plays nice. the daughter, the daughter yeah, of Ant-Man. Cassie. So Cassie. So that's cool. Uh, it, it's a, it's a true joy uh, as a, as a father, you know, you want your, children to to find happiness and find their thing sure. and it, it just so um happens that that thomas's thing uh is something that i call my thing too and uh and that's just a um an honor and a privilege to be able to share that with him now i gotta that's ask awesome. though i mean like you're both in the film critic space do you do you ever disagree with each other? Do you ever, do you ever have an opposing hot take? And <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, we do. What well, we do, but you know, my, my approach to, um, to film criticism has always been, and I've always said this, that you could have 10 people watch the same film and have 10 completely different critical opinions. And yeah. as long as you can defend it, everybody's sure. right. And that's what hmm. I love about it. So when I have anybody come to me, and go, you're an idiot. Can't believe you, you hated that film. It's like, well, okay. Yes, I will agree. I'm an idiot, but, <laughs> but let me tell you why I hated it. And, and, and you tell me why you loved it. And so when we're able to 
rake through that, it it it's, it works pretty well. There's some people who uh, I consider kind of the film snobs who will only feel like their opinion <laughs> is the only one that matters, and sure. that's okay. That's okay, but but they're wrong. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Who needs them? <laughs> but but yeah, we we do have disagreements, but we uh, it's it's always done with with fun, and um, we we truly enjoy each other. Uh, and and I'd say more times than not, we we tend to uh, agree with with our assessments. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, you have set the stage rather well for a preview for our <laughs> upcoming conversation about I thought the same thing. <laughs> um, well, uh, it's funny. You mentioned we'll, we'll maybe part with this uh, segment on this note, but it's funny. You mentioned everything everywhere and it is just like a boulder, like a snowball at this point, gathering so steam and just like cascading and knocking out everything in its path. It's wild to see that. It's uh, amazing. When I showed my wife that movie, I prepped her beforehand by saying, listen, this movie is out there. <laughs> this movie is 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 kind of weird. And we talked about it after she had seen it, where I said I was legit like stomach churning because my affection for everything everywhere all at once is almost unbridled. I, I love the film. I love everything yeah. about the film. It's just this wild, inspiring burst of creative energy that I love. And I was so nervous she just wasn't going to take to it, which would have been fine to your point. No, like people, people have all kinds of different things. My wife and I have disagreed on a myriad of different movies before, and that's been totally fine. But uh, I was really nervous about this one. I was like, she's not. And when it ended, she looked over at me. And she said, well, I loved every second of that. Movie. Wow. Was, that's yeah, awesome. She, she was so enamored with it. And we, you know, we've talked about it several times and just, we've even encountered, encountered friends who didn't take to it as much as we did, but she, she yeah. got it right away. She, I love the way she put it. She said it was the right kind of weird. It was just like yes. very much like on this, on this wavelength that was accessible, but makes you think and makes you feel. And it's great. I love that film well, so much. It's, it is one of those films that defy defines it defies genre. I'll get it out there. Sure. Like, mm -hmm. It's it's hard to classify. And when people try to say, well, you know, what, you know, how would it, is it a, what, what, what kind of film is it? I'm like, well, just say yes. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, 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 all it, that. Uh, it's unique. It's creative. It's adventurous. It's courageous. Mm -hmm. um, you know, all of those things and the, the, the messages within this just stick with you. And uh, you talk about an ensemble cast where everyone is so far up here uh it, it, it is fascinating Excellent. to be able to find that and and you can't always find that to click and in, in films that are ensemble based and yeah. and and sure there are, are lead leads in this but man everybody's got to pull their weight and they do they truly do it's awesome but no like i uh uh largely speaking my wife and i we 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 make the Oscars run when mm -hmm. we get to to it, you know, like where we would just like we see as many things as we possibly can, particularly focusing on all the big nominees, the the picture actor, yep. you know, writing awards, stuff like that, directing. Um, but a lot of times there are lengthy films that are very dour and mm -hmm. heavy and yeah. and just and just like just kind of. ugh. Um, right. And so to get to see like this year, the crop. The fact I, I I really took to Top Gun Maverick. I loved Top Gun Maverick yeah, in a lot of different yeah. ways. And so the fact that like up for best, I don't think it'll win, but up for best picture and not only Top Gun Maverick, 
but something like everything everywhere, yes. which I think stands a really, really good chance of winning. It's, it does it's now. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It's really nice to, um, yeah. Anyway, it's, it's just, <laughs> I, I'm really invigorated seeing. Yeah. And, and of course, as they've been making their way through the awards and at the SAG mm-hmm. giving, yeah. you know, uh, Hong his moment into, right. to really like shine on that stage. And everything. it's just a lot of joy, man. Just yeah, a and, lot of yeah, joy. And, I, and I'll say that's the, um, uh, I think that's where award season matters when you're looking at uh, all of these films throughout the past few months, because sure. uh, everything everywhere all at once. Uh, I don't think that it would be as strong of a contender right now had it not found a way to speak to voters throughout award season. Uh, sure. And it, and it yeah. found a way to do that. And, and it is yeah. a very, different kind of film. I was speaking to uh, a guy named Larry Topman, who -hmm. was a longtime writer for the Charlotte Observer for for several decades. He was their arts and entertainment editor and uh, one of the first film critics that I ever really just got a chance to know. And I talked to him recently uh, about this. And and he said, he asked me the question, he said, do you think the Oscar voters are going to go for something that's so different and quirky Mm -hmm. and i said i don't know but i hope so i hope this is the year that they finally take a chance and um and and say yeah let's let's look at something because it's such it it tells such an amazing story and and it does it in a way that i have never seen done on film before sure sure no i I couldn't agree more with you uh uh, i really love all you just had to say about that both of you the really funny sort of everything story on and in, in our household is my wife hasn't watched it yet one i'm nervous i think she would appreciate it if she's able to dial in on it but it is so wild and wacky uh that i don't know but i told her after the fact it was like that's very much like a, a daughters and mother kind of connecting story and and really lovely from that point standpoint and no i think you know this but i've got three daughters and she so she was asking like well do you think our oldest i could watch it with him i said well i mean there are dildos used as weapons in this movie and quite a uh <laughs> with quite a flourish so yeah, you know yes yes i mean there might that. be some conversations after that you aren't sure you're ready for but you know maybe it's time you know so, <laughs> <laughs> so here's i have to share and i'm leaving Please. this in yes. so so um I, I have a small apartment um, and so, so, you know, my wife, I'm having headphones, so my wife doesn't know what we're talking about. She just walks into the room to, to get her watermelon and, uh, and, and you just hears me and here, here's me say, <laughs> butt plug. And she looks at me like, what the, <laughs> like, like everything, like, everywhere, all at once. Really? No, it's like, no, 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 no. You've, you've seen this movie. I promise. That's <laughs> so funny. Oh, that's funny. Let me, let me ask you, let me ask you guys a question. Yeah. What, what sure. would be your one takeaway from this film? If there was one message or lasting theme that stuck with you from the first time you saw it, I'll, I'll go first and it's going to honor in your Star Trek mug. There's a little bit of a che- there's a little bit of a cheat in that I am very very strongly considering having this phrase be my next tattoo, but I feel like everything everywhere all at once exemplifies this, and that's the simple phrase uh, popularized by a character from Star Trek. There are always possibilities, yeah. and I loved the the options, the possibilities that flourished, and and the the avenue of saying like, yeah, this is not going the way you wanted, or it didn't go the way you want, but you know what? 
There's always possibilities. And uh, nobody says that in that movie. I'm aping that from Star Trek, but that was something that really, that film really communicated to me. And what I walked away from is like, yeah, there's, there's possibilities. It's, it's, it's all there. And so, yeah, yeah, that was, that was my big takeaway. I thought about that a lot since seeing it. Yeah. It's beautiful. I think, I think for me, and I, I've seen it the one time, uh, have it's, it's been on the radar to, to try to reconsume, but it's only been the one time I think, um, keeping alliterative here, read, I think maybe even like presence and, and pay attention is kind of what mm. kind of mm-hmm. came to me. It's a very buried in its wildness is this core idea of just like attentiveness to one's life. And, and mm-hmm. I really love that kind of mm-hmm. conceit. What about, you know, what would, you, what would your answer I, I, to that question be? I, I'm going to uh, piggyback off of, uh, of read and, and play off of the possibilities uh, I think for me, it spoke to the impossible possibilities that we all have within. Mm-hmm. Um, most of us honestly have no idea what we're capable of. Uh, yeah. And some, wow. and some people, some people never will. Um, but I think this film for me, it served as an awakening to that, that we all have things that uh, are, are really within our grasp. If we just take the opportunity to explore. Mm, that's love lovely. It. That's wonderful. Well, can we talk about that movie? So <laughs> about this movie, we are today, in fact, talking about Matt Reeves, the Batman. Um, here's what I want to do. Reed, I want you to go last. So, no, we typically do kind of our hot takes. I'm going to go first so that you have permission to go wherever you want, uh, knowing that uh, Reed will, you know, finish us off here. So, um. Reed, I think this may have come out right after roughly we covered the apes trilogy uh, as, as sh- shortly after it, you know, it was not what, long. Yeah, yeah, it was not. And it was so not long after that. Reeves was very much on the brain. Um, no, we did a, what saves us, what scares us, what saves us series, wherein uh, the ape series got suggested to us. And so we did cover that and, um, you know, really, really gushed over our love for that trilogy. And, and oh, so the yeah. Batman was shortly after that I was very excited for it, even though I was real nervous based on the trailers about just how dark it might be. Uh, again, that was purely based on trailer. Um, I have now seen the Batman twice and some, so twice full, two full times through, and then I've watched scenes here and there. I think, I think I would term for myself, of the Batman. It, it is a movie I like with aspects. I love, um, I think Reeves is a very interesting, thoughtful filmmaker. Um, I, there are aspects to this. I just adore. Um, I do remember now it's possible. I, I went to see a later showing my initial one, but I do remember towards the end being like, wow, we are still going. (laughs) Um, but you know we can we can parse out some of that uh nuance and so i think what i think where i've kind of landed on the batman is i really like its energy i really like its style i really like almost every aspect to it again love certain elements of it and i'm quite interested and hopeful that reeves gets to continue playing in this sandbox he's built um but there are there are aspects to it that are a bit unavoidable one of which is uh a possibly not earned runtime uh and we can talk about that some and this is me i'll go ahead and throw this out i would actually have said this is a that ain't right 
I don't feel like this movie does this much, but when it does it, I can't stand it. And that's cater to the bigger picture or the bigger IP picture. Um, I am, I actively dislike the Joker element in this movie. Um, I feel like I'm just kind of tired of catering to everything everywhere all at once in these big franchise films. Um, so point being why I even bring that up at all is simply to me, my enjoyment of the movie is real. Some of the aspects I don't like are real. Some of the aspects I kind of adore about it are real. Um, although humorously, I I've thought about this every time I've watched this and I don't know that this is a positive, but this is a movie where if you wanted to, it'd be easy to lampoon some aspects of it, which are some of the very plotting, like <laughs> I thought this, this time through in the opening scene with the Joker gang and the Batman is, is coming out of the shadows and it, ta- he takes a long time to get there. And I just thought this would be a perfect, just lampooned element. If he just never showed, right. It's just cuts back and forth. It's, it's no editing the movie for his son of just uh, the, the joke version of it, which is you just keep cutting back to the, it's the same footage. But you just never actually have him come out of the shadows. <laughs> anyway, so that is my lead off for the Batman. Uh, uh, really enjoy aspects of it. Like it as an overall piece. Dislike certain aspects of it. Noah, what, what about you? Uh, how, what was your initial feelings on the Batman and or sustained feelings? Well, when I first heard uh, the director that was attached to it, I was incredibly excited. Um, mm-hmm. It was like you've already alluded to a love what uh what he was able to do with uh with apes and and some of the other works as well so i i was excited about that but when uh i heard that a a a twilight vampire had been cast uh, as a as another type of bat (laughs) um I, i found myself wondering could could he pull it off now now of course i'd seen him in some other things and and i knew I knew that there was some acting chops there, but I still just found myself going, can this work? But then I was reminded of uh, 1989 when Michael Keaton, who was, uh, you know, comic talent was cast in, in Tim Burton's Batman and just blew people away. So then I was reminded, okay, you know, I, Things can change. We we can be surprised, uh, and 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 I really was. Uh, I, I think that um, that that uh, Pattinson pulled it off, um, but but I also questioned myself, uh, and actually just questioned others. Did we really need another Batman at this particular time? It, there, there's so many different variations, and uh, you know you talk about the Joker, and and there's so many different versions of that going on. You got the Suicide Squad version, you got you know, which we saw a little of. You, you got got Joaquin, you know, and then he's going to turn it into a musical. I mean, there <laughs> there just there were. Did we need it? Um, but um, when I went to see it. Uh, I'm going to set this up where I went to see it the first time. Sure. Um, my father passed away in October of 21, and um, I was working to settle um, some of his estate, uh, take care of things uh, in San Antonio. Uh, and I was there for a week, uh, and uh, I just needed some escape time uh, while I was there. And this movie was playing. And uh, I remember going to see it, and uh, there were so many aspects of 
that relating the story relating to the past relating to mm. the parents to choices made that that made me see this movie in in a different light because I was sitting there uh, trying to trying to find a way to to grieve my dad and I don't know that I've actually be honest with you even all this time later I don't know that I've actually grieved completely but there was just something about watching that movie that that um that helped me through that time so uh, i think that's in many ways the beauty of cinema uh and the beauty of art is depending on what's happening in our lives they can have an impact on us and uh can can be therapeutic and uh it's it's odd to say that this movie that that deals with so much violence and uh and mystery and and mayhem was therapeutic for me but it was uh in in a lot of different ways but i did find the film as i as i watched it i, I thought it was really a, a perfect blend of mystery uh, i loved what they did with that that they went back to kind of that detective comics kind of feel it, it mm-hmm. wasn't it wasn't uh all about the super you know super villains and and sure. you know, the uh, the super aspect of being a superhero, it really was a, a mystery at its mm-hmm. core. And it had some great action sequences. Uh, the, the car chase, still just an amazing car chase that did tend to go on for about 40 minutes. But man, the car <laughs> chase with the penguin uh, sure. and and, uh, and the Batman, that was amazing to me. Yeah. And uh, the lighting, the technical achievement of this film, solid across the board, sound design, cinematography the score all of those things really did work uh and and the chills that you got from some of just the the creepiness of the riddler man all that stuff was just for me it was it was a different kind of batman and that goes back to that question that i had did we really need another one well maybe we didn't need another one that was the same sure maybe we needed one that was a little different and this one to me was different. Sure, it had some of the uh, intellectual property aspects that you talked about, and you can't. Uh, I don't think you can have a, a superhero film um, without having some of that because the fans are going to expect some of that. Sure, but uh, I, I really did appreciate the film, and, and again, I've got the uh, the the baggage that uh, the positive baggage that goes along with the particular time that I saw it, and I will always think back to the first time I saw it was as I was um, kind of experiencing trying to wrap up things with the loss of my dad. Yeah. Yeah. I will say before Reed goes, I do think that's you, you point to one of the things I do appreciate about it. And I do think it, it takes a minute to become cognizant of it, but I do appreciate its thematic ideas. Uh, It opens with, I am vengeance. It ends with, I can be hope. And, and yes. that's a pretty powerful batarang. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thing that comes back to you. Um, so, so no, I, I do. Even though I, I don't think it perfectly achieves. Um, I do applaud uh, what Reeves is after there. Reed, tell us a little bit about your feelings about the Batman. So I have seen it three times in its entirety now. Uh, this most recent time being the third time. So I've spent nine hours in this world, um, and some things crystallized for me this viewing around and i'll try to i'll try to be uh brief about them um i i texted nathan and i said like i am gonna 
I'm going to work hard <laughs> to not be a wet blanket on this interior conversation because I will lead with the hard left hook and say, I, I do not like this movie. I, I, have, I have finally walked away saying, I, I do not like the Batman. I resisted that so much because, man, I love <laughs> Batman stories. And, man, is so much. I love Matt Reeves so much. And I love so many of the actors in here. I'm, I'm, I'm on a Colin Farrell kick right now. I think Zoe Kravitz is wonderful. I love Robert Pattinson. I'm, like, cheerleading for Robert Pattinson out in the world. I think he's an exceptional actor. And, and so, like, there's so much pedigree uh, to this. This has horror elements. We're covering it on the show. Like, it's got, it's got very dark gritty sort of sort of had a horror elements and i think one of the things that i did text to nathan is i said there's an element to with so much pedigree of things that typically i love why am i struggling to even like this and i think i've i think i've landed on a couple of reasons why but let me go ahead and, and kind of sandwich this a little bit by saying like the first and i noted this in in my notes this time the first 10 minutes of this film and the last 10 minutes of this film, I would even say I love. Like the way the film opens and the way the film closes resonate very, very strongly with me. Visually, what's you being mean, said. With the opening, I mean, do you mean the Riddler opening or the the Shadows opening? The Riddler opening is part of it, but the Shadows opening where yeah, he's yeah, yeah. expressing. Oh, so and, it, oh, and it is so exactly what you just described, Nathan, that that is where the theme is most crystallized. It begins with I am vengeance and ends with I can be hope. That is really, really powerful. And I think visually, those first 10 minutes and last 10 minutes support those two frameworks in some really effective ways. Um, the way the lighting has changed, it's all dark and dark green in the first little bit. But in the end, emblazoned by that fire, those beautiful shots where he's working yeah. through the the water and and it's but it, it's it's bright. It's uh it it's red but it's not red in a kind of a, a a visceral angry scary way it's red in this sort of like a beacon you know like something yeah. you can see through the darkness and i think that's very deliberate and i love that and unfortunately for my sensibilities that powerful opening including the riddler stuff which which i'll get to riddler in a second that powerful opening that really powerful ending um in between that is two hours and 40 minutes of a movie that I struggle to even like. Um, and, and that is something that I really had had to come to in a moment where I was like, I, I just have to be honest with myself that I'm, I'm not on the wavelength of this movie. I don't, I don't enjoy it. And I think one of the biggest reasons is because I feel like too many of what it's doing. This is, I even wrote this to Nathan when I texted him beforehand, this is not fair. And I don't like to say this. I just have to be honest about it is that one of the things that I struggle with to connect with the Batman is because I have seen what it's trying to do done in my mind, significantly better in other films. And so except for the beginning and ending, I struggle to find something that's terribly original. Um, I'll, I'll, so that it's not like 20 minutes of me diatribing. I will, I will point to uh, one thing in particular that I really, well, I'll point to two things that I, that I really dislike. I'll end on a couple of brief things that I really like, and then we can go wherever we want to go. So a couple of things I really dislike, I feel like they waste, and I use this word very deliberately, I feel like they waste the Riddler as a character in this. The Riddler is scary because his mind is better than yours. It's sharper than yours. He is smarter than you, and he is 20 steps ahead of you, except in this movie where the only person he's 20 steps ahead is the Batman uh, until he's not. And then the Batman is actually like gets, you know, over on him because 
the fact that and we're we're uh, I don't know if we made this clear no we're we're a spoiler podcast so go anywhere you want to go on the on the thing um the fact that riddler does not know bruce wayne is batman is a missed opportunity to me in this film there is nothing about the way the riddler concocted his scheme that leads me to believe he wouldn't have put together that bruce wayne is the batman and i was a little bothered by that but not only that is getting back to what's scary about riddler is his mind is they made so many other things try to be scary about him which again i love me a good dark monster horror villain i love that i was bothered that that was what they chose to do with riddler when there's a lot of villains in batman's rogues gallery that they might have been able to do a couple of tweaks and do something slightly different with um so there was that uh i was a little bothered narratively by the fact that there were some the first time alfred says to him l uh l rata lata yeah i in the theater said like oh that's supposed to be law i i can't speak spanish i did take a little bit in high school but i was like i was like oh that's supposed to be law and then I didn't put together that it was going to be like URL, as it were. But then the fact that that low-hanging fruit kind of wasn't captured sort of threw me off my game because I really felt like the first hour they were driving home effectively that Batman is the world's greatest detective. He is able to put the pieces together and able to figure it out. And I thought that was... And so I was gearing up in the movie the first time watching like, oh man, we're going to have a battle of wits between Batman and the Riddler. And, and it di didn't quite go that direction. The other thing that I didn't really like is I didn't really like how much of the film evoked, sometimes directly, the film Seven by David Fincher. Like sometimes it felt like that little meme where they're look where it's like, hey, I'm going to copy your homework, but I'm you know I'm going to change a couple of things. That's what it felt like in in terms of like a big massive view of Seven. So a lot of those things didn't really connect with me. Some things I loved. Thought Colin Farrell's amazing in this as Penguin. I thought he's um, he, he he disappears into that, and not just under makeup. Everything that he's doing performance wise, he just really vanishes. Uh, I have never bought the tension and chemistry between Batman and Catwoman more than I have bought it in this film right here, and that includes, though I love it, that includes Pfeiffer and Keaton. But like Zoe Kravitz and Robert Pattinson, like I believe. The chemistry that they're working for so that relationship really worked for me um and as i've already mentioned i did like what it felt like it was trying to convey which is vengeance is a dark path that you can make a decision to go a different direction uh i just felt like you know they went so many different places that they didn't need to go for the narrative to basically wind up being like "Ooh, who is it what is it what's the rat oh so the cops are in the pocket of a crime boss that really that's that's really what it was and so that was kind of that you know i i know i'm being kind of harsh on the film uh but that was where that was where i finally landed and i will say the last 10 minutes like even despite all of that uh i get you know genuinely moved and choked up i love batman watching her go away in the in the rearview mirror you know like i think that's that speaks to his loneliness and it speaks to the character's isolation and all that stuff so that's my hot take on bats. There it is. That's a nine-hour take. Nine That's not a nine-hour take. I've spent no, no, no. nine hours with this. No, no, no. I meant, the, I meant nine hours of movie spent. I wasn't saying <laughs> oh, you went on yes. too long. I'll, no, I'll be more true. direct if that's my feeling. Uh, <laughs> that's a good point. Noel, do you have any uh, rebuttals to, to, to read on our... <laughs> no, 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 no. Not at all. I, I, I can uh, appreciate uh, why Reed feels the way he does, and he defended... 
he defended his why, and that's the beauty of it. So, <laughs> that's exactly know, right. So that's, that's absolutely fine. Oh, trust that's me. Fine. When you were talking about your relationship with your son on the show, and and yeah. you know, coming out from different takes, I was like, good. Yeah. No, no one gets it. We're going to be okay. Yeah. yeah, it's okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. Well, you, you, exactly. I mean, you know, Reed can't help it that he's wrong, and that's okay. Hey. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, what you are all are two do? peas in a pod. <laughs> no, I, 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 I actually. Think, I think Go, no, no, no. Ahead, that no. was no. You guys know. I, I was going to say. I, I think all of those are are valid, uh, you know, valid thoughts, and and they all make sense. Um, mm. And so, yeah, I, I get it. I absolutely get it. Um, I, you know, one of the things I did appreciate was this film noir feel with the voiceover narration uh, mm. of 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 you know Batman, and you know you talk about that. You know, I am the shadows. I am vengeance from the start, and then. Uh, you talk about how he kind of wraps that up and that whole I am vengeance thing, you know, showed up in another Batman uh, entity an Emmy award winning uh, 1990s cartoon, Batman, the animated series. Um, sure. Kevin Conroy voiced it. Uh, and mm, it was when he peace. was. Yeah. yeah and, and he was uh, in his character. Batman at that time was dealing with this early. It's one of the early episodes um, trying to shake out of this toxin, this fear toxin. Mm-hmm. And uh, he expressed, you know, I am vengeance. I am the knight. I am Batman. And that was one of the first times, even though we, we've known about the character of Batman being vengeance, that was one of the first times that, um, that I remember it being said. Um, mm. um, and, and it was just kind of interesting that take on it. And uh that's a theme vengeance versus justice and you know where do you find the balance between the two and that's something that i think you know rings very strong and mm-hmm. if you're going to uh, send out a uh, you know the the radar gun you know you start off with i am vengeance you know that that's got to have something to do with thematically what's going to happen uh, they telegraphed right. it so, so you know not a secret what 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 they were trying to get across there but mm-hmm. um what? the way that go ahead no, I was just, I, I'm, I'm processing. This is honestly, I think Reed, the first time you and I've like verbally talked about this movie. And so I'm really just processing your, your yeah, points yeah. and, and far be it for me to, to try to change your mind, but I'm just thinking about it. And, and I, I can see a world where, and maybe you can affirm or deny if this is kind of, if I'm on the right track here, but I can see a world where if what you're hoping for is like a Scott Snyder style Riddler, like this is a far cry from that. And I can sort of see Mm -hmm. where that could be, you know, kind of a letdown. And what's interesting, I don't know if this is, I I imagine it's not obvious to a casual viewer. I, you know, you can speak to if you picked up on this or not, but like they also clearly make Paul Dano's Riddler, a hush surrogate as well. Like he is an amalgam of that, relatively new character in canon although mm-hmm. you know pretty pretty populated in other media at this point so point being i, c- I can sort of see where if, if you're thinking and, and which isn't me disparaging you coming at it with an, a certain expectation no, 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 but like sure. if the goal is or, or the thought is here's what would really be a cool version of riddler this isn't that and i, c- I can sort of well and and i'll that. i'll even go so uh, so sorry just real quick is like piggybacking off that i didn't have any expectations of what I want what kind of Riddler I wanted to see. It's just where I feel like they kind of betray the character. And so, so for like, just to be really specific, it's like 
know his mind was not as sharp as the Riddler's mind needs to be. It doesn't even have to be Scott Snyder's rendition. He can even have the scary overlay, if you will. But if you're going to do that, because that's what you want visually, then I would say just do Hush then. Like people don't yeah, know Hush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're yeah. paving new ground. Just do Hush. People don't know it. We have never had a Batman movie that right. doesn't have a firmly like unestablished villain. And I'm like, that would have been cool. That would have been really exciting, actually. But that's where I think. And it, it just does like, make me wonder, you know, because, again, I think my misgivings about uh, the Joker in this film are strong but i also know there's other areas of of likely studio involvement that are more subtle and i wonder this is pure wonder if dano's character was originally conceived as hush and because it's so obvious do you remember in the in the news uh footage the the word hush appears on screen yeah, absolutely uh, yeah. over the journalist that that the story it's the all through is about. that plot line and yeah. the mask itself is mm-hmm. evocative of the hush character and so i can see a world where that might have been the germ that they started with and just because it's a less you know kind of uh known character they sort of pivoted you know i guess i guess my only defense for the detective work on batman's part in this is you know he's two years into it you know there's there's ways we can parse kind of the the i can buy a year one yeah you know kind of chronology aspect of it and and what's hard is i don't even i don't i'm not nearly as strongly opposed to the film as you are though i do understand and and don't utterly disagree with some of your takes i kind of just it's almost i'll say it this way (laughs) which is a bit betraying uh, uh, my exterior here, which is I kind of will myself to like it a little more than I think the movie because it's so long. And by the end of it, because no, you brought up a good point that I thought about this time through and we'll get to that. Any rights. We'll, we'll t- we're pointing to a few thematics, but I love the conceit of, uh, and, and movies tend to do this. And so it's unfortunate that this one falls prey to it, especially because the runtime, merited you could have done this more but i love in this movie the conceit of the young neurotic borderline psychotic mm-hmm. bruce wayne who is prowling the night with his contacts that record everything and he's diarying it he's journaling it the next day i wanted more of that like like if we're gonna lean a direction lean dark lean that noir give me a little more of that like psyche instead what it gets used as is framework framing device it's like okay this is how this batman operates which is fine which is totally fine but i i am so in love with the joker gang showdown and i'm so in love with the uh the conceit of and it's and reeves makes this obvious and it's beautiful and it's fantastic of showing these little vignettes of all the thugs of the city looking Mm -hmm. up at the sky seeing the light and looking mm-hmm. into the shadows and thinking they see, but I love it. Yep. And yeah, and the notion that mm-hmm. he does finally emerge on one of them, like that is bad ass. I excellent. wish there was a yeah. little more execution of that kind of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, again, I, I can sort of see where you're coming from, even if I don't share the strength of feeling. No, we're talking a lot. Any any parting thoughts here before we go to yeah. th- that? Right. Yeah, um, I I do appreciate uh, Dano's uh, take on the Riddler because it's unlike any Riddler we've seen on film before. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of the things that I appreciated about it. And uh, I would have, I would have loved it more had um, they not used the name, the Riddler. 
Yeah. Yeah. You know, yep. how to mm-hmm. just, you know, you don't have to say who this is. Just sure. just let us decide. Let us determine if, if it's Hush or if it's the Riddler. Yeah, yeah. of course, we know sure. what's the Riddler, but you don't have to use the name. And right. uh, I, I feel like that's um that's just a uh, kind of an ongoing problem with with some superhero films is they they feel so uh, i'm trying to find the word i I, they feel like they have to tell you who this is Mm -hmm. you don't have to Mm -hmm. you don't have to you can show me you know there there um it was uh there filmmakers that say show me you don't you don't have to you don't have to tell me everything show me Right. Yeah. And, right. Yeah. and and if you show me, I, I'm I'm smart enough. I can figure this stuff out. Um, mm-hmm. So that that's one of the things I think could have made it stronger. But I thought I thought Dano um, Dano was spectacular, and yeah, uh, I I really think you know the scenes where he's uh, you know streaming his uh, his chaos. Sure. Uh, he's chilling. I yes. mean, mm-hmm. he's chilling, and I love that they um, allowed. Uh, the uh, his audio to be clipping, you know, it it wasn't it wasn't some, you know, they didn't have a nice mic uh, like right. like like Reed is holding. It was like a camera <laughs> mic, you know. Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And if he's yelling, you know, you're hearing that that audio you know, go into the red and stay into the red, and that was very real. And uh, I think that was something that you don't see a lot uh, of, of filmmakers do is incorporate that aspect of it that puts you uh, almost there, almost like you were there uh, experiencing it. And I, I really did appreciate that as well. Well, I love late in the movie when Dano as uh, his character, he's, he's sharing his final video to his followers. And I love the performance choice to drop the performance. Do you remember this? It's very, mm-hmm just okay guys i'm so glad you know that we had this time together like it's oh yeah it's like oh man that that's almost more chilling that mm-hmm. that normalcy is in there and yeah. he's mm-hmm. his his performative nature it is funny last note before that ain't right but reed you you i want you to be wrong but when i watched it this time and the the uh uh confusion over l versus law i was like come on you know yeah. like don't get me wrong <laughs> yeah, yeah. i don't speak spanish i wouldn't have picked up on that but i also don't purport to be <laughs> excellent <laughs> in my detective skills <laughs> fair yeah, it's true all right yeah, let's true. do this it is time for the part of the show where we discuss things that aren't just wrong but of which might be said that ain't right Sure as hell ain't right. Okay. Um, no, this is you, you get to pick like go gruesome, go meta, go gory, go whatever. What would you uh, uh, top pick be? Uh, and we're probably only going to do uh, go around once with maybe an honorable mention or so. Um, what would be your that ain't right uh, as it exists in Reeves of the Batman? I'm going to have to let you go first because I'm not okay. sure that I'm following what is and what isn't right no you're good so that ain't right is the part of the show as a horror podcast where we identify so like in a more traditionally horror movie it's like oh my god when that person got stabbed during you know during sexual intercourse with that person that i'm making a michael myers reference here so that's a that ain't right i will go first my meta is the joker 
I, to me, and this is actually an unfair example to your desire for an example, no, because it is so meta, <laughs> but I, I utterly dislike the usage of this uh, in the movie. When it happened, I commented two minutes ago, I'm kind of willing myself to like it maybe more than it earns. That was such a a withdrawal in in sort of therapy terms. There's deposits and withdrawals. Like when that happened, I was like, don't do this. Don't do this. I wished to your point, no, about do they have to do it? Throw it at the end of the credits or something. Like just take it out of the main yeah. text. Tease it, it somewhere. It, it really in a way that it shouldn't, because these are just movies, which I don't even like saying out loud, but in a way that it shouldn't, it kind of pissed me off. I was like, don't oh, don't do this. So that is my that ain't right. Um, I'm going to not say anything else. I may throw it on read. You go next so that so that no okay. can think a little longer. I'll give um yeah, I'll get I'll, I'll give a comparable example. So I'm going to give a, just an in-text example, uh, one and then uh, another brief one that is a little bit more meta as well. So my in-text example, uh, I was just going to say the the Im- immediate reveal of the Riddler, uh, where oh. the mayor is sitting there and watching the mayor, TV, oh, so good. and then and then when the mayor t- moves to the side to go refresh his drink or something like that, like when he does that and the Riddler is standing right behind him in the shadows, I was like, oh, 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 here we go. It was like something that I really you know got energized by so you know to that end i was just like that oof that's creepy that's spooky like the man's just standing there watching tv for 10 minutes and somebody's behind him so that ain't right um my meta that ain't right uh does uh play back to my very very strong feelings about the riddler um i don't feel this, so this is the meta one i don't feel that the movie shows me why the riddler is invested at all in the person of the Batman if he does not know that the Batman is Bruce Wayne. So, for instance, we there's this great moment, and I, I loved this moment, and then I hated it, where the Batman visits Riddler in the right. prison, you know, the, with a little partition. And we, yes, that's the moment I'm talking about where he's like, Bruce, and Again, applause to Robert Pattinson, because if there is one thing about this movie that uniformly I love, it's the performances. There is not a bad performance in this film. All of the performances are fantastic. My issues are with script, pacing, length, and and general narrative direction. But uh, that moment all, where he's All like, the things Bruce. I liked about it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yes, basically. Basically. <laughs> but, is, but like where he's like, Bruce, Bruce. Yeah. And you see it in Pattinson's face. Where you see the clench up, Pattinson has to do so much work underneath that cowl, just with those two eyes and with his clenched jaw. But you see every thought that's in his head. He's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. People are watching this. I'm on camera right now. Like, what is happening? This is all about to come crumbling around. Everything that I've done, all this showmanship, everything, it's all going to come. But then Rither's just like hands him a cookie and he's like, he's the only one we didn't get. And I'm like, what? You have it? Huh? <laughs> like, where did that come from? And so I felt like that to your point of maybe studio involvement, Nathan, I don't know because I don't know what was what in the in the whoever's of this. But I feel like there was maybe a version of this script where Riddler did know and Batman had to deal with that and had to you know counteract or compensate in other ways. But the fact that he doesn't and then that's just, you know, it, it just it just goes nowhere from there. And I don't feel like to close off my statement, it, it didn't feel like the movie showed me why Riddler cares about the Batman, if there's no connection to his grandmaster plan, the Batman ultimately is just in the way otherwise. But anyway, that's my, that ain't right. Can I, 
yeah, can I yeah, jump yeah. in and say no? You just gotta, you gotta, you gotta throw up some elbows and come in with that, be- that <laughs> beautiful, luscious yes, beard you've got right now. Um, far be it to to take away your strength of feeling, Reed, and and that is not my intention here. It's just to ponder together, uh, because while I do think the movie cheats a little bit in that scene um, mm-hmm. with the Bruce Bruce stuff. Um, I think the movie does do a fair job. Is it perfect? No, uh, a fair job of signaling why Riddler is fascinated with Batman, utterly unrelated to Bruce Wayne, because because mm-hmm. of the notion of, hey, this guy is out there busting heads. Let me use whether the movie delivers on this or not. Let me use my formidable intellect to team up with him at a distance mm-hmm. because Riddler has discovered this deep intel somehow about you know, the renewal program and the money and the distribution of it and the yeah. the relationship of the gangs to the cops and so on and so forth. So he's effectively trying to, or perceives that they are tethered in their, in their motives. Uh, sure. And, sure. and so I, I guess all I'm, when you said, and it's not me pushing back or anything, but when you said, I don't know if the movie properly positions Riddler, unless he knew the two are the same. And I, to me, I read it a little differently as, I will agree the movie cheats a little bit on yeah. the Bruce Bruce thing in terms of playing with your, your perceptions there uh, and maybe unfairly so or unrightly so. Uh, but I, to me, I could see a case where him thinking it's Bruce or not is utterly immaterial to him, except that I'm targeting high profile people. This guy is the brute force I need to, to, to do what I can't That's do. That's a myself. fair point. No, I, I received that. That's a fair point. Yeah, go ahead. No, and and uh, he also realizes that Batman is an intellect. So there's that mm-hmm. aspect of mm-hmm. it as well. And yeah, that's cool. Whether there's a um, conscious or unconscious uh, you know, thing going on where he was like, okay, let's see if he can figure out who I am. Uh, mm-hmm. Or if, if well, let me, let me see if I can let him, as you said, Nathan, help me out. Whether he realizes he's helping out, helping me out or not, um, yeah. I, I think it's the intellect as well as the brute force of, of what Batman is that uh, appealed to uh, to the Riddler. And you know, we've seen this yeah. before with uh, other villains uh, who who really want to find somebody who is at a certain level that they are, whether it's uh, whether yeah. it's with strength or with mind, uh, and, and they want to test it. They want to test yeah. it. They crave a worthy opponent. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, I do and I could I could receive that. It's like yeah. so everything you guys are I still hold a lot of the other criticisms that I've made, mm-hmm. but you I think you fairly convinced me about that because those are some really good points. Because I, I think I actually what is film. what's interesting to me is that the point you just made, Noel, the movie does subvert. It's not let me test my strength against a foe. It's mm-hmm. ooh, I think we probably have the same uh goals here. Let me mm-hmm. try to make sure yeah. we're on the uh, 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 parallel path. Meanwhile, Batman's mm-hmm. like, uh, no bro, which, yeah. which does push that character, the Batman in this film over the edge of saying, wait a minute, <laughs> maybe my methods are in error, but there's also a fascination to, and, and I'm here. I am making yeah. your case for you, but, um, like in addition, but like, there's a fascination as well to say this character in this version of the film, uh, fails in emotional and relational intelligence because if he viewed Batman as a kindred 
brother, as it were, mm-hmm. doing something different, and then comes to find out, oh, he's not, I can conceive that even for a mind like that, that would be a miscalculation, that he miscalculated motivations and intentions, even if he wasn't that far off on comparable methodologies or comparable yeah, yeah. sort of approaches. But it's just like, oh, you're not trying to do what I'm trying to do. You're not trying to burn it all down. You're trying to save it. What? This isn't how it's supposed you know. So I could see yeah. a different reading on that scene which actually kind of kind of turns me around on that scene individually as it is. Yes. But, um, but yeah, well, you got um, one, you got one yeah, no, <laughs> Help no, me no, with no, the rest no. of that's it. the only one I'll, I'll <laughs> overly fight for there. Uh, no, do you have any specific that ain't rights? Uh, don't feel like you have to. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll throw in one. This, this is just ain't right. Whenever you have a bomb on somebody's neck uh, inside of a funeral home, that ain't right. Mm-mm. Yeah, a church. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah, and a church at a funeral. That's that. That ain't right. That was a pretty epic. (laughs) But it was another instance of you could repeat the footage over and over of oh my god, a SARS guard with a bomb on his neck staring into the shadows, and and Batman just never shows up. (laughs) Like, I think I saw a shoulder. (laughs) (laughs) That has been the part of the show where we discuss things that aren't just wrong, but of which Matt said (laughs) that ain't right. Sure as hell ain't right. Okay. I wanted to get out of that real quick because the energy is positive because I, I, I feel like we're pointing to, to me, I won't disagree. There's a chance it's, it's mired in its own uh, weight, but I love, I love the, the ideas. Um, and, and, and this isn't me willing myself to it. I do love the notion of, and it's interesting. No, you telling your story about your dad, because I think even unrelated to the specific paternal element of it, there is this aspect to the ideas of this movie that are trying to say grace and forgiveness for broken people and institutions is possible. And, and you, you can, uh, because the whole axis of this movie turns on a potential for transforming institution, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's, slicing out all of the old however by force or not rather does it uh the old guard you know da mayor police commissioner so on and so forth but bella real however on the nose her name her character name is is i also think that's the point it's like you can do something dramatically different that still honors the form of what can be good about a people about a society about a about a, a city about a country you can carry this on and on and and to me i really love the note it reminds me a little bit a little bit not perfectly of the end of dark knight rises when they reveal the batman statue do you remember this mm-hmm. and i just the reason i loved that so much in that film was 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 the notion that these two forces don't have to be at odds institutional yeah. justice and I'm not going to say vigilante justice, but you know what I'm saying? Like these things can coexist as, as, as co laboring forces. And so mm-hmm. I love the idea that by the end of the Batman, the character Batman has, has been humbled and mm-hmm. has sort of seen however well the movie does the work of this. It's still present has seen sort of this, like, huh, how I've been doing is people are making fun of me for what I call myself, the vengeance note, right? Like, mm-hmm this is this is a problem and and what's Mm -hmm. the difference between force by fear and 
you know, problem solving by collaboration. Uh, that's that's well, a funky and, way of putting that, but yeah. And, and uh, that, for, that further propping up uh, my affection for the first, the first 10 to 15 and the last 10 to 15 in the opening, we see him intimidating and beating up and everything like that. What's he doing? Not only in that, you know, watery red shot, that overhead shot I'm talking about, but when the girl won't let go of his arm, what is he doing there? He's providing active comfort. Like mm-hmm. she is, she feels safe with him. Whereas when we first met this character, he is the boogeyman of sorts mm-hmm. to all of these, you know, people. But then to to evolve very quickly into a figure that these people, I feel safe because he's around, and yeah. and that is that is meaningful. Like you know, mm-hmm. I can't. I know that I spent a good deal of this conversation beating up on the film. I I want to further emphasize that I do resonate effortlessly with the way the film opens and the way the film ends because of some of those things that I think, yeah, this is, this is really trying to play around with who you choose to be and how you mm-hmm. choose to protect what matters to you. And I think it's interesting. I had a friend of mine at work who uh, my buddy Cameron, so shout out in case you listen to this episode, he and I were talking and he, he said that he might have enjoyed the movie more if it had been called Gotham instead of calling the hmm. Batman, because he feels like a lot of it is about yeah, the way like the that. city is going to function, the way the city is going to survive and, and is the city worth it and stuff like that. I thought, I thought that was an interesting, interesting observation that I largely agreed with. Yeah. And the reason that that didn't happen is because there was a Gotham TV, TV exactly. series. Exactly. Explored, exactly. Yes. Or just that. I mean, it, yeah, it, it's yeah, spent, yeah. It spent exactly. most of the series exploring that. And then, of course, it went off the rails toward the end, but but there was a lot of there was a lot of good about that series. Um, yeah, you, you mentioned something, Nathan, um, about brokenness, and I, that was something that stuck with me. Is um, maybe the question that one of the questions that came out was how do we let our brokenness define us, and how do we let it guide us? And mm-hmm. uh, and we're all broken in some way, but. How is it we choose to move forward past that? And some of us can never move past that. Sure. Um, And so that that was something that kind of stuck with me because you look at um, so many of the characters in this movie were broken. I mean, um, Bruce Wayne, broken big time. Absolutely. Paul Dano's character, uh, the Riddler, broken. Uh, and, And, you know, we can go on and on with everybody else in Gotham, but, but those two in particular, um, you know, their brokenness led them into different paths. And with with any good portrayal of Batman, Bruce Wayne, there there is that fine line between, you know, Batman becoming a villain and Batman doing what's right. I mean, that's. Yeah. Yeah. When, when you when you do that well and do that right, it, you never know Okay, what choice is going to be made here. Uh, and what are the ramifications of it? And mm-hmm. you know, we, we've seen that. And I mean, the Dark Knight trilogy was one of those that I, I think did that and and asked that question very well and mm-hmm. answered it very well too. No, something I you're agree. making me think of is I, I remember a number of years ago, just as I was kind of coming to grips with either a my participation or at that time uh, larger participation in kind of social media usage and whatnot. And and this seems like a random note to make here but your note of brokenness made me think of this and and this idea that um and 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 why the social media thing is at the time i was reflecting on people's what i thought was um excessive openness 
uh you know on on social media but calling it like i'm just me i'm just transparent i'm just honest like and and this idea of operating with scars Mm -hmm. versus operating from wounds right Mm. and and this idea that the batman in this movie he is one of the things i actually kind of like about it is is and it took me a minute to calibrate to this so i'll I'll own that at at first i was unsure but i like that he's just pretty effed up in the head i mean yeah um you know uh it's uh uh nolan and bale try to do this but bale's just too pretty you know he's just too (laughs) chiseled and and kind of handsome to like pull it off he looks like my son thomas manning so he's got that sure you know yeah (laughs) um one thing they don't do did y'all notice that they don't do playboy bruce in this like this is not Not playboy Mm -hmm. a functioning bruce wayne Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. and so i think using that that dichotomy there this is a bruce operating from wounds Mm -hmm. versus by the end of it saying okay i am broken i got problems yeah yeah i can but but those things need to scab over they need to scar up and i can operate more fully and wholly and with healthy with health that way yeah are you gonna say no that he's even they even talk about him being a a recluse and uh, at the at the funeral you know he shows up and it's like it's a big deal it's yeah. a big deal. Wow, this is Bruce Wayne and and even mm-hmm. you know even Falcone, I think, was like, hey, you know, I, I'm out here more than you are, and and yeah, I, you know, people people call me a recluse, and mm-hmm. uh, there's yeah, there's something about that. You're right, he's not that playboy. Um, mm-hmm. He is dealing with scars, and I think that's another question: is how do we move past the scars that we can that we can see in our lives? How do you move forward, you know, and, and how does that trauma from the past shape us sure. and, and, and how do we choose to allow it to shape us? Yeah. And I think that's a bit that I don't have a fully articulated way to express this, but I think that's why we talk a lot on this show. I did not originate this idea, neither did Nathan, but we, we, we bring up a lot that what the film's final moments are, or what the film's final thought is is largely what it wants to leave you with as you exit the theater. That's what it wants you to be thinking about in reflection of, of what you've seen. And uh, in, in what we're discussing here about how you're going to move forward or not with your scars, I think is resonant when Catwoman and Bruce go in two different directions. They, mm-hmm. they literally travel in two different directions. Um, and because that is something like, I feel like she's, she's, uh, presented well as a complicated character. She's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's not purely a foil uh, in this film, and I feel like that's something that you know resonates with the traumas that are present in her personal history and the traumas that are present in you know the real once she's actually you know become this character and now her friend has been tortured, killed, and everything. Um, and and the choice that she makes for how she's going to cope with that or respond to that, as opposed to the choice that now the Batman has made to say like, well, this is what I'm going to do. And there is a way, especially if Reeves gets the opportunity to make more of these, there's a way in which it would be fascinating to me to see how that character grew substantively over time, maybe even by a second or third film coming into a version that is a lot more mature and understands a lot more about what it means to carry scar tissue with you and still be able to move forward. That would be fascinating. Mm -hmm. 
And I'd be yeah. rooting for that, to be clear. As much as I don't like the movie, I'm rooting for this creative team because I love Matt Reeves. I mean, this is mm-hmm. this is honestly the only Matt Reeves movie I don't care for. Like, I, I love that that directorial vision. And so um, this is, you know, I, I, I'm very curious to see where they go from here in terms of developing this universe, this version of it. And, you know, I texted you this read and no, you made reference to it already. God, I love the score of this movie. Mm, gosh. Giacchino's yeah. got the goods, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. And, and the, and the beauty of that score is there are times that you feel like you're watching a horror film. Yeah. Oh, and, and, and yeah. sure. I mean, it visually you feel it, but I'll tell you, man, that score and some of those scenes, man, it will creep oh, yeah. the mess out of you. Yeah, I mean, it really will. If if you just closed your eyes and just listened to that, you would you would have to open your eyes because okay, I'm looking around. You know, there's something creeping mm-hmm. up on me. I mean, that's to do that and then to do the the kind of bombastic chase scene yeah. score. I mean, that's different, and yeah. uh, it it works. To me, that works perfectly throughout the film, no matter what choices are made um, with the score in that particular in these particular scenes. They really yeah. do work. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, Nathan, I don't know if we're winding towards a close or if that you know if we want to throw in any sort of final thoughts. So, so yeah, this would be the opportunity before we go to our unique uh, rating system for our material. Uh, any final thoughts? Anything that you're like? Well, we didn't touch on this, and I really wanted to, so I really want to throw this out for many of us. I will go back to what you talked about with naming, uh, you know, Gotham would have been a great name for this. You know, Gotham mm-hmm. is very much a character uh, and this mm-hmm. is much of a character as Batman. Yeah. Uh, Gotham reflects the worst aspects of humanity on yeah. so many different levels. And uh, even, even so much so that Batman asked the question, is this city worth saving? Is it beyond saving? Yeah. And ask yeah. that question, but it's, that that central theme that that we are left with of hope that I think is what uh, what ultimately paves the way because yeah you know in yeah. this city you look at hope and hope is as elusive as winning a me- you know mega millions Powerball jackpot I mean that's how <laughs> that's how elusive hope seems when you're looking at what's happening sure. in the city I mean yeah. the crime the chaos the mayhem all of that rules the city. And the only hope they have is this lone figure <laughs> that is seeking to try to offer them another way. Yeah. Um, but it's yeah. up to every individual to choose their own way. And, you know, who or what are they going to follow? You know, what choices are they going to make? And those things just really, really stuck with me. And and mm-hmm. and other things you think about, you know, the sins of the past, the sins of the father, um, mm-hmm. the sins of those ancestors who came before us. How much of that is part of our lives? You know, yeah. does, does does our name, just the mention of our name, uh, does that carry those wages of sin um, that that people have uh, placed with that? Those are some some powerful questions to ask and to think about that I think this this movie does a nice job of exploring. Yeah, no, I, I can resonate with that. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's funny. I was just glancing at my notes and attempt to answer your question, Reed. And, and I mentioned earlier the the lampooning his I am vengeance gets from his peers that becomes a stark um, uh, sort of reflection. And I, I kind of loved I did love this scripting note when Gordon it's a little clunky, the setup. But when Gordon unmasks one of the Riddler thugs and he says, who are you? And he says, I'm vengeance in this moment. Where it's like, oh, crap. You know, <laughs> it's yeah. like a 
yeah. can't do this anymore. You know, so I, yeah. I kind of loved how, again, however clunky the setup is, um, I appreciated the the idea at work there. But yeah, let's, Absolutely. if it's okay, let's go to the Want to fog it up? Okay. So, um, <laughs> please. <laughs> so uh, we have a unique metric here on the show of fear and God, where we rate their films. It's not a, a rating of quality. It's a rating of gravity, a rating of heft and uh, the scares and the substance present in the film on the measure of fear and God. Um going to give Nathan, uh, Noel a, an opportunity to uh, think about his ratings. And so, Nathan, I'm going to start with you. We're going to snake around to Noel, and then we'll come back around and end with you. Um, okay. So, Nathan, what would you give the Batman directed by Matt Reeves on the fear measurement? <clears throat> um, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to be generous here. I'm going to go for a seven, I think, because as um, I've even pondered letting my kids watch this i get to that opening riddler scene i'm like dad come it no this is dark i mean i love it but it is dark Mm -hmm. um and so this is scaled of course or or weighted against you know traditional oh this isn't you know pick some super scary movie um but for something set in the batman world uh i'm gonna give this a seven on the fear metric Awesome. You know what? I'm 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 actually perhaps surprising you both. I'm I'm going to be even a little bit more generous than that on the fear measure. I think that what works well about this is a, a dark and ominous tone uh, propped up as as we've mentioned. Noel, you called out the score, especially like this. This does have the capacity to really put the frights in you, uh, which is not something that every Batman film has mm-hmm. has been able to successfully do. So I'm actually going to give it an eight on the uh, fear measurement specifically. Noel, what would you say for the fear? Uh, I'm in between both of you. 7.7 for me on this. All right. You got um, it. You got it. it, it it's, it's really interesting. Before we uh, before we started the show, I was talking to my son Thomas and, I, and my wife, Beth. My bride has not seen this movie, but she loves murder mysteries. I mean, the, the, mm. the greater the mystery, the better for her. Uh, and she always figures things out. It, it, it cracks me and Thomas up. There's a Series, if you like mystery, I, I'm going to go ahead and let you know a Peacock series called Poker Face. Uh, oh, yeah, a lot about Ryan, it. Written by Ryan Johnson. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's the best uh, episodic TV on right now, whether it's network wow. or streaming. I just got to say that. And it's all about the mystery. And mm-hmm. my wife figures things out like in the first 10 minutes almost every time. It's it amazing. <laughs> me. But, but this is one she has not seen, but she loves to be creeped out by things that 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 border reality mm-hmm. and and to me that's when i look about look at this batman it, it, this is one sure you've got people flying around in capes and you got all sorts of chaos and crazy things but this one feels rooted in a reality if we lived in a world where people dressed up and, and vigilantes went out and so that part of it felt real to me uh when i think sure. of, of, of true horror i think back to silence the lambs because that mm-hmm. is something that really creeped me out because I could see something like that happen because something like that has happened. So that's where uh, the, the fear uh, rating is for me. Perfect. Perfect. Um, so I'm going to do the same thing. I think I said it wrong the earlier. I'm going to go and let Noel, I'm going to let you wrap it up. And Nathan and I will give our, our uh, fear measurement or a God measurements for you. So Nathan, what would you give this on the God meter uh, zero to 10? Um, I mean, I think it does well in one film thematically what many of these franchise pieces get to over the course of several. Um, you know, I, I wish it were a little tighter in places. 
um, it, it, it gets a little murky and muddy in some areas, but I, I love, I love what it's aiming for. Um, I don't know that it always gets it, but I applaud it reaching for what it is reaching for. And so from that standpoint, um, I'm going to, uh, I'll do an eight on the God meter for this okay. movie. So I'll, I'll get the bad out of the way. This is the God meter is where I'm going to probably land my punch on, on my at least momentary takeaway feelings from this film. Uh, three viewings in, I feel I'm going to ding it down a bit for some, what I consider to be some indulgence and ding it down a bit for what I consider it to be some, some clunky, occasionally bordering on, if not outright confusion in, in what it's been, what it's trying to explore. Uh, but God, I love the first 10 minutes and man, I love the last 10 minutes as well. So, uh, so that edges it back up a little bit to land me at a four and a half on the God meter for myself. So I thought uh, thought you were going to pull your punch. Nope. <laughs> I, I, did. Oh. I did. Yeah, there you go. There it is. There it is. That's all I'm setting, uh, setting you up for. So, yes, yes, yes. Uh, so, Noel, bring it home. What would you give it on the God meter? It's I'm, I'm, I'm going 8.3. I'm going to go ahead and give you the, the number mm-hmm. right, right up front. Um, if, if we're thinking about just justice and vengeance, mm-hmm. uh, you Christians, you know, called to fight for justice, shine light on darkness, um, but realize that vengeance and final judgment belongs to God alone. Uh, and that's something that that resonated because we have two characters that are basically choosing to be gods and 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 make that judgment uh and that's not up to us to do and also i think about uh, about hope uh and you know our hope uh relies in christ and within our brokenness and within our trauma and within our hurt and um, the past that we've experienced, whether it's uh, from from past and hurts that were passed on down to us or those that we um, took on ourselves, um, we know that there is hope mm-hmm. um, beyond the beyond the chaos and the mayhem that Gotham provides, and that inhumanity. Uh, there is humanity out there uh, mm-hmm. within uh, within what Christ can provide, and can only only Christ can save us. Amen. Yeah, I, 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 I resonate so much with so many of those themes. And I like the way you put it as well, uh, Nathan, that like, I, I do like what it's reaching for. Um, I, I do feel there's too much craftsmanship in there to ignore that it is reaching for something. And with those scores in mind, we have given it a, a 7.25 on <laughs> the old fog meter. Uh, so that's it's, it's, it's heft as it will. Uh, perhaps a simpler question, and I'm going to go first for perhaps obvious reasons, but would we recommend the Batman? I was actively asked this multiple times, like, well, so should I see the Batman? And my exact response is, it's not my favorite Batman movie, and that's where I will leave it. So that's <laughs> I love it. So, so that's where I will leave that. But uh, but Noel, uh, would you recommend the Batman? Yeah, I mean, a Batman itself. Batman has appeared in what twenty feature films, dozens of TV shows, a bazillion mm-hmm. comic books, graphic novels, a, a global pop culture, a pop culture icon. Um, and, and a pulp culture icon as well. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. But but the Batman, absolutely, I'd recommend it. I mean, I'm I'm sitting here th- recommending it to my wife, and my wife <laughs> loves watching the MCU's, but she hasn't gotten into a lot of the DCs, and this is a different kind of DC. So sure. yeah, if, if you're lo- to me, if you're looking for a different type of Batman or a different type of superhero film genre film, yeah. this is one that that's not the typical 
superhero genre film. So I would recommend it for that, if nothing else. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Nathan, would you? I do recommend it. I think it's a solid bit of genre storytelling. I, I would qualify. Uh, uh, it's three hours. Um, and it'll, it will start to feel like three hours. Do, do you want to say that one more time? Because I don't think you've said it like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's long and it feels long. Uh, well, it's funny as a final note there, I think even rewatching it this time, I was like, man, I wish it were, I wish it were a little more episodic. Like it, it kind of signals that a little bit, like, uh, now we're in this sort of zone now we're in this sort of zone. I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say exactly other than maybe chapter it off, maybe do some chapters or something. Um, anyway, yes, I do recommend <laughs> Matt Reeves, the Batman, if you've got three hours to spare. And like, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> there awesome. you go. Well, uh, there it is. There it is. Um, so yes. Uh, uh, thank you so much, Noel, for coming and being with us. Yeah, on absolutely. This conversation. Really appreciated your perspective. Pr- appreciate what you had to say and for you taking your time out of your evening to be here with us. Um, and uh, so listeners next week, uh, we are going to be going to the penultimate installment in this uh, little rundown of previous the uh, last year's horror films, some of the best horror films from last year. Um, so next year, we're going to do a double feature for you. Okay, We are going to be tackling two films at one time because both films came out last year and both films were from the same director and both films from the same world. Sequel, prequel, what is it? We'll talk about that next week when we tackle Ty West's pair of films, X and Pearl in the same conversation. We'll be talking about that next week. Noel, thank you again so much for being here. Uh, Nathan, thank you so much as always. And listeners, as we say on every episode, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, but not the end of the conversation. And in that spirit, we encourage you to fear nothing else and be on your way rejoicing. And we will see you all next week. Thanks again, Noel. Thanks again. Thank Thank you, guys. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, but not the end of the conversation. And you can continue the conversation in a variety of ways. Start by visiting thefearofgodpodcast.com for links to our social media, essays, and episode archive merchandise and more. If you love what we do, please consider becoming a patron by visiting patreon.com slash thefearofgodpodcast. There you'll unlock exclusive bonus episodes, extended standard episodes, online event access, and so much more. We want to issue a special thanks to Jacob Hunt of TracerMatula.com for our artwork, also to our assortment of talented musicians, including Andrew Nelson, The Island Family, and Jackson Harper for our varied show tunes, and also to Lee Wright, who helped me, Reed Lackey, write our theme music. Special thanks also to Tyler Smith at MoreThanOneLesson.com. Lastly, be sure to subscribe to us on your podcast platform of choice, and if you listen to us through Apple Podcasts, we would greatly appreciate a rating and a review. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Hi, everybody. <laughs>